Welcome to Webcology. Webcology is the show that takes you into the deepest and darkest ends of the ecosystem on the internet. Our guides will take you on a journey into web marketing and bring you the experts and the information so that you can further explore the web marketing world. Now, here are the hosts of Webcology, Jim Hedger and Dave Davies. Hey everyone, welcome to Webcology here on webmasterradio.fm. It is the 30th of October, 2014, day before Halloween. Um, this is Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media, Dave Davies from Beanstalk SEO, and uh, Dave, our um, our lead story, um, it's not exactly a happy or even a fun one today. No, I know. I know, um, but we got, it. we got to talk about it anyway. We got to talk about it. He put it out there into the uh, into, into Facebook, the world of social media, so it's out there by this fellow's own hands, and um, it's of uh, extreme interest to the search marketing community. In fact... The U.S. Search Personality of the Year, of the year, Dwayne Forster, was uh, one of hundreds who were let go at Microsoft today in a massive reorganization. So D- Dwayne Forster is uh, no longer with, with Bing as of this morning. Do you even know what to think about that? Uh, well, I have to, number one, Bing just made a terrible mistake. Bing just got rid of the closest thing they have to Matt Cutts. Yeah. Yeah, that's uh, exactly how I took it, too. Dwayne is, I mean, goodness gracious. I, 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 Dwayne is a mensch, you know? Dwayne's just a really good guy. He's always uh, there to help people out, to explain stuff. He's um, very friendly and very funny. Um it's it was the most surprising news of the day. Yeah, no, I know. I, I was absolutely shocked um, when when I first heard about it. And uh, yeah, I mean, you, you you hit the nail on the head. I mean, I, I don't even know what they were thinking there. He was extremely intelligent, very personable, uh, a great sort of bridge point between the engine and uh, and SEOs and the public at large. Um, and to let him go is just. I don't even understand what they're thinking there unless, you know, they want to fold up Bing. Well, I doubt they want to fold up Bing, but I don't know if they really realize this or not, but Dwayne helped us all take Bing seriously. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I'm not not saying don't take Bing seriously. I'm 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 not suggesting that. Bing, you know, anywhere between uh, 10 to 18% of the market, depending on, on what country you're looking in or what vertical you're looking in. It's nothing to sneeze at, but um, it's always been second fiddle to Google. But Dwayne made it um, more real. Was that the right word? Um, he personified it. You know what? That's, that's actually exactly how, uh, how that should be worded. And it made them somebody you thought about and wanted to communicate with. Yeah. Now, which is exactly what they need from from a bunch of SEOs who really don't have any cause to think much of them. Oh, indeed. Yeah. I mean, unless you're, unless you're working on like financial services or something to do with um, some vertical to do with older people who don't know how to set their own search, their own default search <laughs> engine um, on a, on a uh, Windows machine, um, you know. Well, I'll tell you, Dwayne is known to be one of the one of the best communicators in the business. His he helped build and maintain the Microsoft search engine Bing, so you know his skill set is pretty uh, complete, <laughs> and then some. Yep. And uh, I have no idea what's in the future for Mister Forrester, but you know what? I hope I hope he's got a couple weeks in Hawaii, where he can just you know get his head together and decompress a little bit, and you know sort himself out, and. Um, I'd hate to be his inbox because it's going to get stuffed full really fast. <laughs> you know, I mean, could you imagine the, um, you know, and, and a whack of other engines, and not just search engines, of course, but uh, you know, but other, you know, Silicon Valley is probably lit up with people sending him offers. Well, indeed, you know, all the smart and the uh, the really intelligent, really and, and really well off people, um, you know, who who need a technician. I would, I'd be surprised if Bill Gates didn't hire him. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that would be funny. Oh, That'd be awesome. 
There you go. I was wondering how long that would take. Um, so, Jim, I, I, I'm going to move us on to other news because I, I, I have to ask because I, I was watching and, and for our uh, for our friends south of the 49th, this might be a, a little bit less of, uh, of interest to you. Um, but you just uh, worked through an election here, um, but you probably gained some some great insight as far as, um, you know, sort of how that works with online marketing, social, that sort of thing. I, I, I just have to ask uh, okay. what, what went on and, and what did you learn? Okay, well, first off, I'm pretty sure that a, a bunch of our uh, American cousins, our, our mostly American audience, would have been interested in this election in particular. <laughs> was the <laughs> Toronto mayoral election. And uh, just think back in your memories to that really drunk, fat, um, crack addict, um, sweaty guy that used that named Rob Ford. Remember him? <laughs> Vaguely. <laughs> well, this was an election about getting rid of him. Um. Oh God! Such a long story. Anyway, as it turns out, Rob Ford has cancer and didn't and dropped out of the mayoral race. He was replaced by his equally odious brother Doug. Um, there is no Ford in the mayoral chair of Toronto anymore. John Tory, a uh, well-known and highly respected conservative, uh, won the mayoral election. Unfortunately, the candidate I was working really hard for did not win. Um, that's okay. Because that's how elections go, eh? It's the will of the people. And you got to, at the end of it, you can fight like a dog for however many months. And this was a very long one. This was a 10-month-long election or 10-month-long campaign. And you can fight for 10 months like a dog. But at the end of it all, it's democracy, baby. You got to accept this is the will of the people and go with it, even if you don't like the results. Yep. But this was one of the – how to say this? This election turned everything you might think – about social media, <coughs> excuse me, I was working so hard I caught a cold. Um, everything you might think about social media and the power of social media on its head. In, but it didn't. But it did. Um, the candidate I was working for was, was named Olivia Chow. She easily won the social media war from the, 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 for the mayoral candidates. She had um, more likes and shares and far more active engagement on her Facebook profile than her other two uh, than the other two candidates put together. Similarly, in Twitter, on the uh, on the to in, in Twitter under the hashtag to poly, or on Reddit under the hashtag or under the uh, subgroup subreddit r Toronto. Olivia Chow was by far the candidate of choice. She just about got 25% of the vote with the, the winner, John Tory, getting 40% of the vote. So John Tory, who had an okay social media presence, but, you know, nothing to write home about, won the actual election. There was a number of of uh, councillor races that were decided at the same time. One of which, in particular, in, uh, in in an area called Ward Two, the candidate who easily won the social media war was named Andre Domis. You couldn't go to Twitter or to Reddit, you know, in the in the areas that, that were discussing Toronto politics, and not see Andre's name come up over and over and over again. He started, no one knew who he was back in February. No one knew who this guy was. But at the end of October, everybody knew who he was, and all four major daily newspapers in Toronto endorsed him as a, as a councillor candidate. He wound up in third place. So you'd think the people who win the social media war should be reaching more people, reaching more voters, motivating more people, getting their vote out, right? Right. As it turns out, maybe not so much, at least not in this election. This election, it was, it was a really handy tool to inform and to motivate. But the only people who were really informed and motivated were the people who were paying attention to the social media. And as it turns out, that wasn't the majority of Torontonians. I would like to point out, this election broke um, voter records for the last, like, 30 years. So many people came out to vote because it was really a referendum on the Rob Ford years. Yeah. And a 
thorough rejection of Rob Ford and, and his ideology. But uh, the candidates who won the digital war lost the overall election. We think, I mean, our common wisdom takes us back to uh, 2008, takes us back to 2012 with the Barack Obama wins, where social media in both instances played a pivotal role. In the Toronto election, not so much. Right. Although, interestingly, uh, you know, you're looking at, I mean, you bring up some, some great examples there, the, the two elections and, uh, and the win, um, where going in, and, and you see this, you know, year over year or election over election, um, they're consistently very, very tight races. Very. Like we're dealing with, you know, one, two percent, you know, often difference between, uh, between the two parties, and, and there are only two in, the, in these cases. Um, mm-hmm. So would social media play a slightly different role, and, and I'm sure it does, going in where – you know the the difference between these these two parties is so tight that a, a two percent gain is massive, right? I mean, you're dealing with millions and millions of people. So. Uh, that's you know that's a way to look at it, eh? Um, I hadn't I hadn't thought of that before launching into this section of, this section of the show, but you may you may well be right. You may well be talking about a very limited number of people who will be motivated by the social media, and if that is your path to victory, if that's the what you need to get over the fifty percent plus one hump in a right. in a, uh, a two entity race, then maybe that's a role you could use social media for in this kind of a uh, kind of campaign. It but will with indeed multiple candidates, it's not maybe mightn't be so useful. I, I'm, a lot of lessons to draw still. Well, you bring up a good point because, you know, in, in, in these cases and in, you know, to bring it to, to typical business where you're in competition against a bunch, um, you know, when, when it's an A-B choice, um, then I think social media is going to play out a much stronger, be it in, in politics or in, a, you know, a commercial environment. If it's a choice between Coke and Pepsi, um, you know, if Pepsi loses, Coke wins, whereas you, you look at politics in a, in a multi um, – you know, campaign run. You know where you've got multiple candidates, or uh, in a you know in, in standard competition levels, where you know depending on the message, uh, if you're making a good point, it may not attract them to you. It may just detract them from somebody else. So you know, it, somebody might switch over to I don't know drinking milk instead. They decide they don't like Pepsi, and over they go. I mean, that wouldn't happen. It's a, it's a different thing. But you know, in that environment, switching over to a completely different brand rather than or a completely different item, and that may have been what happened. It may have been a highly successful social. Um, pulled from Ford, gave to Tory, and uh, you know, there, there it just gets uh, gets a little more gets a little more complicated. I think one thing too that uh, you know, and and to remember f- for both commercial and for uh, and for political, um, I think one thing that um, you know Obama had won during uh, during the social front there um, wasn't just an, and a great lesson for corporations to to remember as well. Um, it wasn't just an issue of promoting himself he was also taking the opportunity to sort of arm his followers already with information to feel more right as they were going into debates and and discussions with other people so um you know that was a part of of what he was able to to accomplish there um and and why i think his social strategy was so strong is because it helped the grassroots of his supporters uh, to to benefit And, and if you have you know brand you know people who who tout your brand um, you know, arming them with information to reinforce why yours is better because you have an Android phone and sorry, Ange, but you have an iPhone and, you know, Android keeps putting that out to me, you know, and, and reinforces to me that I'm more right. Um, you know, it, going that same route, that can be, uh, can, can be very helpful even in a, in a corporate environment. Well, agreed. Absolutely agreed. And by the way, it's not like we didn't try to get our message out to our supporters using social media. It's just um, this was a weird election. Yeah. A referendum on a meet on a traditional media superstar. Once, once Rob Ford had been on Jimmy Kimmel, there was no stopping the bastard. <laughs> oh, except that we managed to de-elect him and his family. See, the Fords aren't individuals. They're like the Borg, right? <laughs> anyway, um, just weird observations on, on a weird and exhausting election. And, you know, Dave, I spent 10 months, like, heavily heavily involved, right in the guts of the campaign. And it ended Monday. And I woke up on Tuesday. And I suddenly had all this free time. It was weird. 
So um, people might have noticed over the last, uh, almost almost the last year, uh, so I've been having a hard time paying attention to the tech world. Um, I think I'm back again. Welcome back, Jim. <laughs> yeah, well, the thing is there's a federal election coming up in 2015, so we'll see how that goes. <laughs> okay, we've had Dwayne. We've had the election. Dave, you know what we haven't talked about yet? We've got a couple what? minutes before we've got to go to break yet. Happy What's 10th that? anniversary, dude. Well, thank you very much. Thank you very uh, much. Beanstalk is 10 years old this week. We are. I know. That was uh, Yesterday was our 10-year uh, anniversary from Incorporation, and that's, there we go. I remember uh, that's um, – wow. That's a long time ago, <laughs> isn't it? <laughs> I know. I know. That's one of the things that I think through all these milestones hits all of us. We're like, oh, well, I know what that means. <laughs> you know, that means I'm old. Uh, <laughs> well, it means you're 10 years older, yeah. Yeah. So, um, you know, given the uh, the last 10 years, uh, it's been it's been hard. You've done well. You've been in trouble. You've made a shitload of money. You've made a heck of a lot of money. <laughs> um, you've had those times that every business owner and every employer has when you're just terrified looking at the calendar. Yep. Wondering how you're going to make payroll, but you did it anyway. You somehow managed to get through all this time. Yeah, thanks, Grandma, for helping me through. Yeah. <laughs> okay. What would you have done? What would you have done differently? And what? And what happened? Was there anything that happened that you just couldn't have uh, expected in, the, in in this ten year journey you've been on? Uh, you know, probably. And and I, you know, you'll you'll recognize this one. It's the same for our, for a lot of our clients. Um, the economic crash. Uh, you know that, yeah, that obviously was a, was a big one. <laughs> we we would all do it differently. Um, you know because of uh, you know our, our client base being predominantly American. Um, you know we were charging in U.S. because it kept everything you know normal. Um, you know as far as as far as pricing went, when people were looking at a price, they they knew that that price was in in their currency rather than charging in Canadian. Where I originally started charging in Canadian, and everything looked forty percent more expensive. So we'd switched over to uh, to American funds, um, and then uh, you know then the crash, and then the dollar went to parity, and, and even a bit below. So uh, you know nothing we could control there, and uh, you know bless them, I've had uh, great staff to uh, to help us survive and uh, and weather those storms. So um, there's that, but uh, but I think like any other business, most of the uh, most of the flaws and and hiccups over the years. Um, you know, I, I would take them mostly on myself and not, you know, you start a business to do the thing you love and, you know, then you got to learn how to manage. <laughs> and, yeah, indeed. And that, that can be the hiccup. I know you probably hit the same thing and anybody who, uh, who runs a business in our, in our listening probably goes, yep, I know that. And then that time when you realize, Hey, I don't get to actually do that thing. I love to do quite as much <laughs> as I used to. Well, and how it changes your outlook on things too, eh? Like it just yeah, affects you- the way you see stuff. You know how many times, and, and you'll remember, you know, you and I got our start in, uh, in SEO, uh, and, and he's still in business too and doing a great job uh, with Ross, uh, Ross Dunn. And I remember working for him and going, what's he, what's he stressing about? You know, I, you know, I was doing some sales stuff there. You know, his contracts are, you know, he got this contract. That's what, what's he stressing out about? I don't even get that. What a jerk. Uh, and then all of a sudden you're running a business and you realize how little <laughs> – <laughs> thousands of dollars is when you've got overhead. Um, <laughs> and so I, I will say, you know, hat tip to Ross, if you're listening, buddy, uh, I, I learned uh, through running a business to sure appreciate a lot more uh, what you were, uh, what you were putting up with in me, uh, you know, back when, uh, back when I was working for him. Cause wow. Uh, yeah. It's, it's a lot more stressful than you might think. Well, well, speaking of stuff that employers got to put up with and something we neglected last week, Happy birthday, David Mackenzie uh, Kong. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And he, uh, he got cake. And you know what? You know what the problem with his birthdays are? He's a vegan. So you know what kind of cake you get? You get decent, oh. but not, I'm being shot in <laughs> the finger right now. Uh, <laughs> oh, gross. It's that, it's that oily cake, right? Yeah. And, and I'm just going to say this on the record for any vegans in the audience. Every conversation he talks about that involves good food begins with back when I ate meat. And then it launches into whatever it was. <laughs> Jordan Casteller's fingernails are scraping on his desk right now. I can uh, yeah, it. of course. Yeah, and, and uh, Jordan will be like, "Yeah," and how much torture went into that uh, that food? And you know what? Uh, credit to him. He's right. the only person I won't pick on as a vegan because everything he can say back is right and will make me feel bad about myself. Well, and also he's the webmaster for PETA. You don't want to piss them off, do you? Yeah, I know you really, really don't. 
<laughs> okay, on that, just before we get uh, DDoS'd by PETA, um, <laughs> we got to grab a break here on Webcology. It's, it's just past 20 after the hour. So on behalf of Dave Davies from Beanstalk SEO, this is Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media. You listen to Webcology on webmasterradio.fm. Stick around. We're going to be taking a tour through the coolest new feature of Webmaster Tools coming up after these messages. Sit tight and don't move. Webcology. We'll be back after this short break. Whether you are an online business or domain name investor, you need access to the best names. With over 270 million domains already registered, finding the right names at the best price requires a great wingman. Namejet.com puts you in the pilot seat by giving you fast and unparalleled access to some of the best premium and expired domain names on earth. As the number one domain name auction platform, Namejet.com is the best place to find domains for your business or investment. So light the afterburners to the domain name aftermarket and fly over to Namejet.com at mock speed to get great domains today. Namejet.com InternetMarketingNinjas.com is the online dojo of the highly trained and skilled Internet Marketing Ninjas. Disavow documents, reconsideration requests, Panda and Paywin penalties. Let our superior SEO ninjas confront all of your link-related issues. The Internet Marketing Ninjas are equipped to master any marketing exercise, content creation, authorship, link building, PPC, and more. Plus, build more buzz for your brand with our social media marketing strategy. Discover all that the Internet Marketing Ninjas can do for you. Visit the online dojo now at InternetMarketingNinjas.com. Before you painstakingly create another label or drag yourself to the post office, set a course to ShipStation, your key to e-commerce shipping nirvana. Save time by easily importing orders from wherever you sell, like Amazon, eBay, and over 40 others. Save money with discounted USPS rates and a free USPS account. Automate manual tasks through bulk label and invoice printing, custom shipping rules, and much more. WebmasterRadio.fm listeners get an additional 30 days free after the free 30-day trial. Go to ShipStation.com slash WebmasterRadio now. Shipping Nirvana starts here. Commercials off. Now back to Webcology, only on WebmasterRadio.fm. Here are the hosts, Jim Hedger and Dave Davies. Everyone, welcome back to Webcology here on WebmasterRadio.fm. This is Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media and Dave Davies from Beanstalk SEO. And uh, before we get into the uh, really cool stuff from Webmaster Tools, we have breaking news that just came through during the commercial break. It has been confirmed that the announcement on The Tonight Show with Jimmy Fallon last night, the announcement by Paul Rubens that there would be, in fact, a new P.B. Herman movie is true. <laughs> there you are, folks. Breaking news. There's going to be a new P.B. Herman movie produced by Judd Apatow. We're not sure who the uh, 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 director's going to be yet. But, you know, Paul Rubens, that wanker Paul Rubens, was speaking <laughs> the truth. Um, there will be a new P.B. Herman movie, and that's the most important thing in the world, Dave. Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, my good, everything else should stop. Yeah, well, I'm not. I, I, I want to take a look at this thing in Webmaster Tools, but I just don't care anymore. <laughs> I want to. I want to go watch BB's Big Adventure just to you know prep myself for the announcement that's coming next week that the film is actually a go. <laughs> you know what? We we might have to work our way there. Um, and while we while we work our way to next week's announcement, I'd like to invite anyone who's sitting beside a computer to uh, go to Google Webmaster Tools right now. That's right. It's uh, At the time of this recording, it is 2.28 p.m. Eastern Time on the 30th of October. Go to Webmaster Tools right now. Okay, you're in. Good. <laughs> We're assuming everybody's already signed into their accounts and ready to go. All right, let's head well, forward. I, I, I assume they have broadband and they can type quickly. Well, <laughs> <laughs> what do you say about the audience, Dave? <laughs> <laughs> the, your, your analysis of them is probably spot on. Okay. And, <laughs> and, and with that, we just bought you a little extra time to get into Webmaster yeah. Tools. But we're all happy that you're in Webmaster Tools right now with us. Click on the search traffic icon or the search traffic uh, link on the left side navigation. 
Look at the bottom of the list. You got search queries, links to your site, internal links, manual actions, international targeting, and this new thing, mobile usability. Click on that. Okay, sit down. Well, yeah, <laughs> don't do this while standing up. <laughs> Dave and I were going. Were um, we got on the line with each other just before the show a little bit later than usual. We were going to walk through this together because um, Alan Connect, my, my my business partner, Alan, pointed this out to me yesterday. Uh, probably around one in the afternoon. This appeared yesterday, Dave. Mobile usability. It's brand new. Um, this is like Google telling webmasters unequivocally that mobile is at least half the mix when it comes to looking at your website right now. This tool will help you define and fix any error that Google finds that impedes your, um, that it feels will impede your website in its search rankings when conducted you know, via mobile search. Mm-hmm. Or on, I should say, on a mobile device. I, uh, I'm speechless. <laughs> I have not been um, you know, this excited uh, about something being added in to Webmaster Tools uh, since the manual actions button, right? Like, I mean, this is, it's huge. I don't know for, if you're not seeing anything there, to our listeners in the crowd, if you're not seeing anything there, uh, you're a better person than I. <laughs> oh, geez, how many uh, you got? Uh, you know what, mine are only divided into four sections <laughs> uh, okay. with 61 pages with errors. You know what, like our site's 2,000 pages, so I'm not going to you know, feel too, too horrible about that number of, of page errors. But, um, I mean, the, the advice that they give you is, is outstanding. And, I mean, I love it for, for me as somebody who's got to deal with these problems. But, I mean, how awesome is it? Because we've been, you know, we, you, probably many of our listeners who have clients or, or you know, are, are working with their bosses or whatnot, um, you know, when you're trying to explain the importance of these things, uh, you know, same as site speed. It was great when Google put out a tool so you can go, hey, here, see, see, they say it's important. Drink the Kool-Aid. Mm-hmm. Um, having this in there so you can actually point and go, Google told us to do this. I mean, not to say you should follow everything Google says to the letter necessarily 100% of the time, but when they put up this kind of effort into a tool like this and go, these are where your errors are and you need to fix them, one of the first things I like to think I would do is fix them (laughs) because you're being told to or at least analyze them. Sometimes you're going to hit errors where you get false positives and everybody needs to be aware of those. But, you know, Google's telling you these are your problems your usability issues, you need to fix them. Well, and these aren't even just Google issues. These aren't things that Google says, I need the, the information put in this order and this way so that I can like scrape it off from my knowledge graph. It's not doing that. It's, it's pointing out errors um, a webmaster may have made on a website in relation to how that website will resolve on any one of a number of mobile-sized screens from tablet, obviously much larger, to say a BlackBerry, which is slightly smaller than the, uh, or the, the, the uh, an older BlackBerry, which is slightly smaller than the um, iPhone or the Android screens. Well, you bring up and a great point, and, and to illustrate, one of the ones that I'm looking at, and it's funny, I'm looking at the metrics for our old site because we actually switched domains yesterday, but um, one of ours is touch elements too close. Yeah, so I got big fat thumbs. <laughs> Like, and we've all hit them on sites and they're frustrating and hey, I had them too, um, where, yeah, I mean, your links and and elements that are are meant to be clicked on are are too close together. Your users are going to have problems with that. Totally spot on. They're 100% right. I knew that because I'd been on my site. I just had a new one in development, so I didn't worry about it too much. Um, You just developed a new website, eh, Dave? Like you you said so twice, you just developed it. Let me ask you a question. When you were developing your new website, were you developing very much of it on your Android device? Uh, no. <laughs> no so your relationship to your the new website that you just spent a whole bunch of time and you know possibly a whole bunch of money, either in an investment in your employee time or having a third party, or you, you might have even done it yourself, your whole relationship is via your desktop and keyboard, right? Correct. So you probably weren't even thinking mobile. 
You know, I was actually, but that's, that's only because we have enough experience to know, Hey, I got to check this thing out on mobile and let's look at our stats. Now you and I are in, and, and you probably notice the same in your analytics. When I look at my users, most people aren't making their decision on, Hey, who should I hire as an SEO on their phone, right? Most of them are at desktops. So the a disproportionate amount of our traffic does come in on desktop, but we have to be the example. So I, I did at least go, okay, how is this looking on, uh, on my phone? <laughs> because I need well, to be indeed, but, but while we might get the majority of our search traffic, my, the Digital Always Media, Beanstalk, uh, Beanstalk SEO, we, we all get, you know, you might get through the desktop, not necessarily our clients. If you have any retail clients, then, um, you know, you have people going right, right into their stores and doing mobile searches on comparing the product they see right in front of them with the product three stores down the road. Mm-hmm. They're doing searches on their mobile devices around consumer products. In fact, Google, uh, Google said that over 70% of shopping search is done on a mobile now rather than on a desktop. Yeah. So mobile has become well, – like, like, like I said, we'll try to introduce this. Um, it's at least half the game when you're thinking about a website that you may personally only relate to via your desktop keyboard. Or relate with via your desktop keyboard. Mm-hmm. Um, mobile's easily half the battle there. Yeah, well, and you know, I mean, this just really highlights, <laughs> lets everybody go to your, not just here, um, let's all visit our analytics if you haven't lately, <laughs> especially if you're running e-commerce, especially when we're heading into the season we're heading into, um, where people are going to be making fast decisions and doing a lot of research at a volume that you know they don't most of the rest of the year. Um, and take a look at what you have in your mobile traffic, um, what they're doing on your site, um, and then look over into Webmaster Tools to find out if that traffic isn't converting, if that traffic isn't doing what you want them to do, hey, it might not be that traffic. It might be you. Your baby might be ugly. <laughs> That's so sad. Yeah, I know. I know. But you know what? <laughs> Sadly, it's often true, and people don't see that. And the only way to check it out is to you know either look at your uh, look at your website on a number of different devices, or go to Google Webmaster Tools right now, and <laughs> it will show you what your what your website looks like on a bunch of different mobile tools. Yeah, amazing. Well done, yep. Google. I know. I I love it. So, do we have anything else nice to say about Google today? Uh oh. Let's see. Okay, here's. Oh, I don't know if I oh, I said this year. Okay, just just for for giggles, it is about Google. It's about Street View. Don't know if you got the link that I had uh, sent you. I found it uh, during the earlier part of our show here um, in Montreal. So more towards your neck of the woods. Um, Google has been ordered to pay a woman two thousand two hundred and fifty dollars. I'm going to assume that's in Canadian since it's in Montreal. Um, because the woman sued, the Street View car passed by, took a picture of her, blurred her face, but she's sitting on her front step, hunched over, typing away on her phone, and it shows too much cleavage. So off she went to sue Google, um, and, and she won. She was going for seven thousand dollars. She ended up winning twenty two fifty. What? Uh, I I hear you. Um, and and here's the irony to me. I wouldn't have even know this existed <laughs> uh, if if this lawsuit hadn't happened. So if her problem, as she uh, as she claims, um, was that there were malicious comments and humiliation at work, um, it's just been amped up. <laughs> like anybody who didn't know uh, now does. So um, you know, so you gotta watch what you wish for here. Um, I I thought this was just silliness to me it's like this is just you know they're driving by this is what you're showing the world when you sit there (laughs) you know on your steps like that it's not like they were the only ones that could see um so you know i i I tend to lean more towards the i would have just thrown it out and gone is is you were somebody took a picture from the street while you were sitting on your steps you know wear a higher cut shirt if you don't want to show cleavage um but uh but she won I'm resisting the six or seven very obvious jokes about too much cleavage on the internet, but I'm not going to go to any one of them. Okay, we're going to have to go to break in a few minutes, but before we do, there's been a uh, bit of shakeup at Google in the senior leadership at Google. As of Monday, 
CEO Larry Page transferred the leadership of core Google products, Search, Google+, Gmail, Google Maps, etc. Larry Page was in charge of that. Now, Sundar uh, Pichai, Pichai, Sundar Pichai, and I'm probably mispronouncing the last name, apologies, is... Uh, is now uh, 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 in charge of uh, most of Google, uh, Google's core products. Now, Pakai was in charge of Chrome, the, the development and uh, and uh, distribution of Google's uh, mobile and desktop browser. But now this dude, who looks like he's in his early 20s, but is actually 36, is in charge of arguably the most significant information device ever invented yeah i i hate thinking of the fact that he's 36 too <laughs> <laughs> well I, I might remind you dave you were younger than that when you started your company yeah yeah <laughs> um indeed uh i'm 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 amazed by the way i was wrong he's not 36 my mistake i'm sorry he's 42 i i i uh i was looking at the wrong uh wrong bio Gotcha. I got a year to pull it together then. All right. Okay. Born in 1972. <laughs> um, but anyway, yeah, uh, change of change in leadership at Google. I'm, uh, I'm curious what would make Larry Page do this after having taken it just two years ago. Yeah, I, I, we, always, you know, we always wonder. And it may have been a case, and we've seen it before, we'll see it again, of somebody stepping in and going, I'm going to take it because there's nobody better. I mean, hey, this is an ego when the guy says something like that. He's probably right. He's you know an incredibly talented guy. Um, and then found somebody who can dedicate more time, resources, and, and maybe has a, an even larger talent for, for this area, these areas um, than he does. So he may have stepped in in the absence of somebody who could do a better job. Who knows? He might have just started right out of the gate looking for that somebody to do a better job than he could. Yep, or maybe it's a case of you know founders complex. Much of Jerry Yang found um, at Yahoo, you might be amazing at the very beginning when you're a startup, but then you take your step back, you let other people run the company for a while, and it grows in its in the directions it grows in, and then the founder steps back in as the role of CEO to find a company landscape that he or she doesn't necessarily recognize anymore. Right. One with where, Jeff, like, he would have, he, he might have stepped in with a don't be evil mentality that he launched, you know, right at the beginning and gone, oh, oh. Okay, Larry <laughs> Page, like, well, I can't that. represent that anymore. Yeah. <laughs> okay, friends, on that, we got to take a break here on, here on Webcology on webmasterradio.fm. Um, Stick around. We're going to be coming back with a little bit more Google news, a little bit more Bing news, and uh, hopefully some more fun. Um, Back after these messages. Sit tight and don't move. Webcology will be back after this short break. Oh, yeah. My day is done. Time for happy hour. You're already done for the day? Yeah, because I use certifiedknowledge.org. Their PPC tools literally save me hours every day. How do you keep on top of all of Google's new features? Easy. With Certified Knowledge, their interactive learning modules keep me up to date. And if there's something I don't know, I can watch their video lessons without having to hunt around the Google help files. Great. I'm ready to expand my knowledge. Hi, I'm Brad Geddes. I'm the only leader officially supported by Google to teach the advanced track of the AdWords Seminars for Success. I personally recommend CertifiedKnowledge.org as your one-stop shop for all your PPC needs. Learn. Optimize. Connect. Be smart. Go to CertifiedKnowledge.org now. Hey, this is Danny Sullivan to talk to you about Bruce Clay Incorporated. They've made Inc. Magazine's list of growing private businesses and have exhibited and sponsored at my conferences since the very, very beginning. You've seen their search engine relationship chart or you've read their SEO code of ethics, so you know their SEO experts. But did you know they can help you with PBC, web analytics, web design, marketing strategy, promotion, and branding? Yep, get everything you need for success in the online marketplace. You can check it out from the professionals at Bruce Clay Incorporated. For over 10 years with offices worldwide, they've got the answers you need. Check them out Today at BruceClay.com. Looking for a better way to get more traffic and interaction to your Facebook page? Imagine Facebook interactivity on your page like you've never seen. Introducing your new Facebook marketing fix. 
So Social, the new and revolutionary way to easily manage and automate your Facebook contest and sweepstakes. Create a fun, easy-to-win contest by writing a simple Facebook post. Watch your post go more viral and generate loads of interaction. Track your traffic and generate email lists with ease. So Social is mobile-friendly and complies with Facebook terms of service. Let So Social give your Facebook page some flash today. Zoom over to zosocial.com. Commercials off. Now back to Webcology, only on webmasterradio.fm. Here are the hosts, Jim Hedger and Dave Davies. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to Webcology here on webmasterradio.fm. This is Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media and Dave Davies from Beanstalk Internet Marketing. And uh, it is the 30th of October, 2014. It's the day point. I've been so out of touch, man. Because it's like election, I uh, I lost track of the uh, fact that it's Halloween tomorrow. Yep. Oh my gosh! I don't I don't even know what I'm gonna go as. <laughs> I, I just saw this great picture of Chris of uh, Chris Hart, Christopher Hart. He's dressed yep. as a penguin. Uh, and, yeah. So Christopher Hart's going as a penguin. I have no idea what I'm doing this year for for Halloween. <laughs> Yeah, I, I really, quite honestly, haven't given it a ton of thought. I just decided I'm going to go as the search engine Baidu. Yep. <laughs> and all I have to do is have a whole bunch of money sticking out of my pockets. That's my costume. It's going to be some guy in jeans and a hoodie with a bunch of money sticking out of his pockets. And I'm going to call myself Baidu. Baidu right. just posted its third quarter 2014 earnings. Uh, came out yesterday. It's, Baidu is the largest search engine in China. And it reported a $2.2 billion uh, increase in revenue, or um, uh, revenues for the third quarter of 2014, 52% over last year. Now, Dave, if you think about that, $2.2 billion over, um, you know, three quarters in a year, that's kind of going to come out to about $9 billion, eh? Yeah. More, you know, give or take. Google reported its uh, 2014 revenues. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. My mistake. Baidu just posted $2.2 billion in third quarter 2014. For the quarter ending March 31st, 2014, so the first quarter of 2014 for Google, you want to, know, you want to guess what its uh, revenues were? $2.2 billion is a record number for the biggest search engine in China. What do you think Google's were for the first quarter of this year? I would have to guess that we're crossing into four times more, but eight, eight to ten. Try fifteen point four two billion. Wow, one five. So we're talking like basically fifteen and a half billion dollars for the first quarter, March, you know, January one to March thirty one, twenty fourteen. Baidu, on the other hand. Um, the quarter ended in September. Uh, you know, started July, August, September. Two point two billion in China, primarily in China. Difference being, of course, Google is the international search engine, and Baidu is, for the most part, used in China. It's still a remarkable accomplishment. Two point two billion. Um, Yahoo should be so happy to report stuff like, like that. Oh yeah. <laughs> in fact, uh, you know what? And, and, the, I, I had the, to I had to look it up just to put it into context. Facebook sitting at three point two. Facebook's going on this big ass spending spree, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> what do you think that's all about? Um, I know investors are getting kind of worried about that. I read a story in the uh, Financial Times this morning. I, I don't I, I don't have it open for reference right now, but um, Zuckerberg is talking about buying this, that, and everything, and investors are going, "Yo, bro, what are you doing?" You know what? I, I'm going to give them a pass on, and I'm hard on Facebook, and, and rightfully so, on, on a variety of different fronts, like valuations and things like that. Um, but I'm going to give them a pass on this, and it's only because I've watched, and, and so have you, and, and probably a lot of our listeners, um, a lot of the corporate acquisitions take place. And what consistently they do over and over again, and we've seen it with Google with robotics and artificial intelligence, we're seeing it with, uh, with you know, Facebook's habits, um, is you go on a mass acquisition in a sector often. Uh, and it's so that you can acquire everything worth acquiring in something that you want so that you have all the patents <laughs> as fast as you can. Right? If, you, if, if he bought a thing or two in, a, in an area, um, 
basically tipping his hand and going, hey, everybody else, this is kind of what we're interested in. If Google had gone, hey, we're buying a couple robotics companies and went, ah, we'll, we'll buy the other five later. Um, a, those shares would be worth more because you know people would be going, they're going to want them later. Uh, and B, it, it leaves room for other companies to step in and acquire those patents and acquire those technologies. So I, I'm going to give them a pass on this one and go, at this level of, of corporate structure, your acquisitions, when you have an interest in an area, need to be in, out, fast, get it done before they're, they're more valuable or before one of your competitors grabs them. Well, indeed. And I, you know, I, I, I think you're exactly right about this. Uh, Facebook is moving to protect itself from future developments. Yeah. And they'd rather those future developments be in their back pocket than somebody else's. Hey, who, but who another would? point where you, you, you only touched on tangentially, I think, you know, I think you might have meant to go there, but you ended up going to the um, you know, patent protection, was when they start messing with different technologies, when they start investing in different companies that have um, technologies that might be, you know, might only seem valuable for, for, for research purposes, they might actually come across a real gem. And I think this is probably going to be our last story of the day, but um, it's, it's, it's kind of a biggie. Um, Dave, you put this up in the, uh, in the in our Skype chat room. According to the Globe and Mail, uh, Canada's national newspaper, in a story published yesterday, Google wants to detect cancer in people's blood using a tiny pill. Yeah. So the, yeah. the, the, the pill would have a bunch of little magnetic particles inside of it, which would, you know, work their way into your bloodstream, uh, be shot through your entire body in a matter of a few heartbeats and find malig- malignant cells to report their findings to a sensor that you have on a wearable device. Oh my god, Google's gone inside our Google Street Map inside your body. Yeah. Um, and I mean, I don't know how you feel about it. I think great. You know, this is a, this is a, a huge step forward. It's not something that they're deploying like, hey, everybody should have these nanoparticles flying through their body at all times. Um, this is more built as a, and when your doctor doesn't know, we dump some of these into your body so that, you know, you can wear this device and, and you know, we can help isolate where, where things are. Um, to me, this is a, a great, a great leap forward. Of course, you know, you, me, I'm sure a lot of our listeners have to think, okay, now what? is next <laughs> right? like um you know what what are they trying to get out of this or, or is it just a expansion of what their offerings are uh, you know sort of leaving search and going hey we're buying these robotics companies we're buying these artificial intelligence companies you know we have this technology already you know 90 percent there so why don't we start putting it in people's bodies and and diversify our, our revenue streams uh, or is there some way that they're like hey just keep these things in your bodies at all time and now we know everything about everything all the time <laughs> okay, I'm, I, 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 don't, I don't think it's the latter. I'm pretty sure that they're not interested in knowing um, exactly what's going on with your Aunt Mildred's body at any given time. <laughs> um, I know I'm not. Um, but, uh, you know, did you, you read the backstory on this, eh? like how they invented this? I their, had gone quickly through it, yeah. One of their engineers, Tom Stannis, is uh, riding along in Mountain View one day and he gets hit by a car. He got hit bad. Got, gets taken to the hospital where they um, do x-rays and MRIs on him and stuff. And one of the x-rays found a, mil- a small malignant, malignant tumor on his liver. It would likely not have been noticed. I'm sorry, in his kidneys, a tumor growing in his kidneys. It would not have been noticed had he not been injured in a bicycle accident. And so that got Stannis thinking. Why can't Google solve this problem of early diagnosis? And you know that you know cancer diagnosed very early is, you know, except in very rare cases, if you get it early enough, you're probably going to survive. Right. Google may well have taken one of the first steps to not necessarily, you know, making a preventative cure for cancer, but making a interventionalist cure early enough that they may well have cured the great, the greatest killer of humankind of all. Yeah. Oh, no, I, I think this is a great leap, uh, a great leap. I mean, of course, I have to be curious because I, because I love this stuff so much. I have to try and leap forward about 10, 15 years in my brain and go, okay, how long till they can make those little nanoparticles, you know, kill cells? Um, 
<laughs> yeah, I mean, come on. Like, everybody's brain's got to go there. Like, okay, it's in there. It's detecting. How long until it just goes, oh, let's just latch myself onto that cell and poison it. Or uh, as, um, as Christian Sassinger just messaged me, how long until they start having these little nanoids go into your brain so they can, you know, hook you up to the cloud? You know, just at this time, last week, we had uh, Bill Slosky talking about how robots were going to be instructed by the cloud, huh? That's yeah, well, scary. Now, now we can hook these nanoparticles up to your robots. You can just be sitting there and go, you know what? I didn't even know I wanted a beer, but there's my robot with one after picking let's, up in your brain that you were about to want one. <laughs> let's make Kansas vote Democrat this year. Turn the switch, Tom. <laughs> <laughs> Truly amazing. Um, you know what? We timed this down to the minute. There's only one problem. We must have started a minute early. <laughs> um, what else do we got? We got, we got? we got we got a couple more seconds. What do you got there? Quick, quick. Um, well, over at Search Engine Roundtable, you know, it's, it's a typical one. Oh. Definitely worth picking up on pretty quick. The negative SEO. Is it real? Does Google need yes. to fix it? Yes, it is. Yes, yes it needs to be fixed. Um, so it's just the, the same conversation, but worth bringing up that, yes, it can happen. It can happen to you. It's happened to clients of ours. Um, and just a just a, a point of order, you need to consistently be checking your backlink acquisition rates. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> you need to look, and if you see spikes, download them, take a look, see which ones are in there that you uh, that might be an attack on you. I got one more that just came up in my Facebook feed. I'm kind of curious about this. Everyone is really surprised that Tim Cook, the CEO of Apple, came out as gay yesterday. Yeah. Um, no, the thing that gets me is, if I remember correctly, um, he was, I mean, when he took over, people were reporting that he was gay. Why is it such a big deal that, you know, that he's just sort of said so himself? And it just weirds me right out. Um, this was already public news, but it's the hugest thing on Facebook today. Huh. Aside well, from I, Dwayne Forrester. Dwayne right. Forrester is definitely the biggest thing on Facebook today. Yeah, that's funny because I so don't care. I mean, well, I mean, indeed, eh? that's another thing. What's the deal? <laughs> he's in charge of Apple, and he's a really, 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 really smart guy. <laughs> Enough. Oh, okay, we got to go. We're at end of time now. Before we go, quick advice to Dwayne Forrester, brother. I mean, you're going to get a lot of uh, offers on your on, across your desk. You know that's going to happen. No matter how tough it gets, do not pawn your tiara. One is always disappointed when they pawn their tiara. <laughs> yeah, that's my advice. Okay, friends, on behalf of Dave Davies from Beanstalk Internet Marketing, and I'm, I'm, I'm going to get it right from now on. It's Beanstalk Internet Marketing. Beanstalk I am. Not Beanstalk him. <laughs> Beanstalk I am. <laughs> Dave from Beanstalk I am. This is uh, Jim from Digital Always Media. You've been listening to Webcology on webmasterradio.fm. Stick around, friends. It's great stuff coming up in the network after the news. This has been a presentation of WebmasterRadio.fm, the world's largest business-to-business radio and podcast network. We welcome you to sample past episodes of this program, as well as our complete library of programs, on demand or on the air via our 24-7 live audio stream at www.webmasterradio.fm.